Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Well, today's a special day. It's Tuesday, which means it's Travel Tuesday, where every week we get the chance to dial in one of our members from around the world to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. And today we'll be learning a little bit more about doing business in the state of Connecticut. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Jimmy Leva, who is a senior associate at Dave Pitney in Hartford. Jimmy, how are you? Doing well, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm excited to talk to you about the great state of Connecticut. Well, this is a treat, Jimmy, because as you know, I've lived here in California for almost 40 years, but I am a Connecticut Yankee. I was born and raised in the state, love the state of Connecticut, and so I'm interested to talk a little bit about what's been happening there over the last few years. Tell us a little bit about the state. First of all, geographic makeup, industries, what's the state like? Well, Steve, so Connecticut is a it's a really unique state, actually. We have everything in Connecticut from skiing mountains to the Long Island Sound on the beach to farmland. So it's really unique, albeit quite small. Interestingly, Connecticut is actually the fourth most populated or dense state, I should say, with roughly 744 people per square mile. And, you know, what's interesting is when I grew up, Hartford was known as the insurance capital. I know that's changed a lot. The industry makeup in the sort of the Hartford area is a little bit different. It's always been heavy in like the defense industry, right? What else? Where's the action today in terms of businesses? So the insurance companies still have a significant presence in the Hartford area. The travelers of Hartford, Cigna, Aetna, while they've all transferred some of their operations to other states, they still have significant footprints in Hartford and in the surrounding areas. Like you said, Steve, there's also a big presence of the aerospace and defense industries. So we have Pratt & Whitney, which is now part of Raytheon Technologies. There's also Sikorsky, which is now part of Lockheed Martin. That does a lot of you know defense contracting work and developing different aerospace systems. As part of that, there's also a lot of advanced manufacturing that has sprouted up around Hartford to support those major industries that provide you know component parts that go into building those big aircrafts. If you go down to a little bit of the southern part of the state, another part of the defense contracting, there's the electric boat company that develops a lot of the submarines for the military as well. And that's kind of the general you know, the makeup of the Hartford and surrounding areas, and you go down to the shoreline. There's a whole other part of Connecticut down in Southern Connecticut as well. Some people like to think of it almost as an annex of New York, but it's still part of Connecticut. And down there, there's very heavy in the financial services industry. So some of the biggest hedge funds in the world are located in Southern Connecticut. And there's a lot of smaller hedge funds and other financial services firms that, you know, operate in Stanford and the surrounding areas. Well, people don't know is the tobacco industry is still the finest wrapper for cigar in the world. It's quoted just outside of my hometown. Absolutely. There's still a lot of tobacco farms right outside of Hartford, about probably 20 miles away, just Northeast. So if I was a company, let's say in Europe, and I purchased one of these plants in Connecticut, what would I want to know as an employer from sort of the HR and the employment law landscape? Give us a little bit of sense for that. Absolutely. So Connecticut, as you'll see probably from some of these other podcasts, the coasts I find tend to have the most employee-friendly employment laws. And the business climates generally tend to favor employees. 
Connecticut is no exception. I don't think it's quite as extreme as some of the surrounding tri-state areas, such as New York, New Jersey even, but it's more on par with things like Massachusetts and Rhode Island, other states in New England. It certainly has its scheme of employment-related laws. So I'll give you a few examples. From the big picture, so Connecticut has what's known as the Connecticut Fair Employment Practices Act, which is the Connecticut state counterpart to all the federal anti-discrimination laws. In Connecticut, we have what's called the Connecticut Commission on Human Rights and Opportunities. And that is our state administrative agency that handles all complaints of discrimination, harassment, retaliation in the workplace. What's a little bit unique about our administrative system in Connecticut is that before an employee can file a claim under the Connecticut Fair Employment Practices Act in court, they actually have to go to the Connecticut Commission on Human Rights and Opportunities to, quote, exhaust their administrative remedy. So the CHRO, as we call it, is pretty backlogged, but they at least need an opportunity to investigate it at that level before an employee can file in court. Recently, so Connecticut for years has had the Connecticut Family and Medical Leave Act, which was very similar, but a little bit had a couple of unique characteristics from the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act. The employee threshold used to be 75 rather than 50 employees to be a covered employer. And an employee had to work for 1,000 hours rather than 1,250 under the federal law. So recently, the covered reasons were roughly the same, and you could get 16 weeks of leave rather than 12 under the federal law. So recently, that was amended, actually, to the covered reasons now more closely aligned with the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act. But now if you have one employee in Connecticut, just one, you're now covered by the Connecticut Family and Medical Leave Act. And for that employee to be a covered employee, they only need to have worked for you for three months. There's no specific hour requirement anymore. It's just three months of employment. Also, interestingly, it's now there's a paid leave scheme. So employees now contribute parts of their paychecks into the Connecticut Family and Medical Leave Fund, um, which is administered by a separate administration in Connecticut. And when they are out on these covered leaves, they're able to collect it's an income replacement scheme. So they'll get part of their paychecks back for all those contributions they've made over time. So, you know, let me ask you another question. Um, you mentioned that Massachusetts is kind of similar to Connecticut in terms of the regulatory environment, because I know that non-competes in Massachusetts are going through a lot of changes right now as to whether they're even enforceable. What's the deal in Connecticut? Are they still enforceable? Are there any special things that I would want to know as an employer? So non-competes in Connecticut, it's a great question. They're still enforceable. Non-competes in Connecticut kind of follow the traditional framework. They need to be narrowly tailored to support a legitimate business interest and they'll be enforceable to the extent that they are. There's a couple industry-specific statutes, one recently enacted regarding use of physician non-compete agreements. Like many states, also attorneys or can't be subject to non-compete agreements. There's been a lot of efforts recently to pass legislation in Connecticut restricting the use of non-competes, similar to what we've seen cropping up in other states. So recently there was a bill that didn't make it in this legislative session that was very similar to the Massachusetts law. So it would have put certain restrictions on the length of non-competes and what circumstances you could use them and prohibit them from being used with you know, low-wage workers as the statute would have defined that. Again, that didn't get passed this year, but this is now at least the second year in a row that there's been some type of legislation that's been put out there seeking to curtail non-competes in some ways. So I wouldn't be surprised if something gets through in the next few years. But right now, 
non-competes follow the, the more traditional framework that they're enforced based on the framework set forth by the court system. Let me ask you one more question. Back when I grew up in the 60s and 70s, it was a big union state, particularly the Hartford area, heavily unionized in the manufacturing sector. Is that still the case? Are unions a big deal or not? So unions are still alive and well in Connecticut. They are not nearly as prevalent as they were some years ago, particularly in certain industries, you know, those aerospace and the defense industries still have union workers in those the trades. But I wouldn't say that they are it's something you need to be aware of, but it's not a significant concern as it is in certain other states. And I should caveat that by saying, I think they're, what we've seen, at least in the employment world, is that there's certainly been an uptick in organizing activity everywhere. Connecticut's not going to be any exception to that, but it's no more concerning than it is in any other state, I would say, at this point. Interesting. Interesting. Good. Well, look, thank you very much, Jimmy. Appreciate your time. If you'd like to connect with Jimmy, very easy to do. Just click on his bio by his name in the description of this podcast. And we encourage you to visit ela.law to receive information on upcoming webinars, download our white papers, and maybe most importantly, you can actually download and access our online library that's part of the exclusive Global Employer Handbook, which is a 50-state, 100-country compliance platform available to those folks who access our website. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.